Welcome to the latest episode of Land Grant In Conversation. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this podcast, we talk to people in and around Ohio State Athletics and the sporting world at large to bring you a different insight and perspective to the teams, athletes, and university that you love. On today's episode, I'm in conversation with former Ohio State linebacker and now big-time college football media star Joshua Perry. In addition to his responsibilities with NBC and Peacock covering Big Ten games, Joshua is getting ready to launch a new TV show called Red Corner Blue Corner that will kick off this Monday. He will co-host the show with Ohio native and former Michigan tight end Jake Butt. The show will air Monday through Thursday at 2 p.m. on the stadium's YouTube channel or through the Bally Live app. You can also find the stadium app on pretty much every major streaming platform, YouTube TV, the Roku channel, Fubo, Fire TV, Samsung TV Plus, Tubi, and more. In the show, Joshua and Jake will break down everything that's going on in the Big Ten in terms of college football, while also obviously letting a little bit of their collegiate allegiances show through. In addition to discussing the show and our conversation, Joshua and I talk about tomorrow night's Ohio State-Notre Dame matchup, which Joshua is going to be on hand for. He gives his keys to the game and provides a lot of insight on the Buckeye team. Now, before we get into that interview, if you are hearing this episode on LandGrantHolyLand.com, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your daily dose of podcasting goodness. And if you don't mind, we would love for you to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you get your pods. All right. With all of that out of the way, here's my conversation with Joshua Perry. All right, Joshua, red corner, blue corner. It invokes a boxing match. It invokes uh, some head-to-head confrontations. Starting on Monday, it's your new show on Stadium with Jake Butt. I mean, for Ohio State and Michigan fans, that sounds like a matchup that we've seen before, but also one in a much different context than we have in the past. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that's uh, most excited about the concept is it brings in the rivalries that we're used to. I think two characters from it that people want to hear from. Uh, But also, I think what people fail to realize is that Jake and I have known each other for a long time, we're really good friends. So our ability to, to, you know, go back and forth on some of the topics is awesome. So um, you know, Big Ten focus for us, but also really leaning into the idea that there are these rivalries and that the tradition of the conference really matters. And I think it's going to resonate with a ton of people. College football is all about traditions and, and these classic, iconic regional rivalries. Obviously, so much about the sport is changing these days, and especially in the Big Ten, almost at the center of all of that. Mm-hmm. But as you look at the conference and how it stands now in 2023 and then how it will look in 2024. How do you categorize what the Big Ten's place in college football as a whole is in this new era of the sport? I mean, prominent, right? It's 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 a place that represents prominence and it's been like that historically. And I think it was, um, you know, a priority to make sure that Big Ten didn't fall off. So I'm certainly excited. I know folks will look at um, the idea that they won't see certain matchups as much and um, they'll lament that. And I know for the teams on the West Coast, certainly it's going to feel different when they're playing Big Ten games. But ultimately, I think that there is a lot of history um, for somebody like me growing up. Like my dream was always to play in a Rose Bowl. It was traditional Big Ten, Pac-12 um, and now you kind of get some of those matchup feels, but on a conference level, I think that's a really good thing. Um, and so as long as the Big Ten can have its place there as one of the most prominent conferences in collegiate athletics, I think a lot of people are happy with that. 
obviously both you and Jake have a lot of experience with your alma maters, but with both of you having worked or currently work with the Big Ten and then you with NBC now as well, you do have a pretty good view of all of the schools in the conference. As you look at both Ohio State and Michigan, but also Penn State and Wisconsin and, and some of the other teams in the league, as we start to get more and more into the conference slate in earnest, how are you feeling about the conference this season as a whole and some of the teams at the top and how they match up with the rest of the college football landscape in what through the first few weeks has been pretty topsy-turvy, a lot of crazy results and a lot of pretty uh, surprising uh, res- uh, games, uh, especially this past weekend where some schools that we thought might be the best in the country had some scares and uh, maybe kind of upsets the apple cart a little bit in terms of our expectations. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody's been asking for parity, right? Everybody feels like they want to see more competition and they feel like the upsets are, are things that are good for the sport. And so the idea that through the first few weeks of the college football season, it's felt like there are teams that are maybe more vulnerable than they've been in the past. I think a lot of people like that. I certainly do. Uh, when I start to look at the Big Ten Conference, it, it feels like the teams that we thought coming in were the best teams and Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State. And I I think all of them have question marks. Michigan hasn't run the football the way that they did a year ago. Is that a choice that they've made? Is it because the running backs were banged up coming out of last year and they're still trying to find their rhythm? Is it because of some of the shuffling on the offensive line? I don't know. We'll find that out for Penn State. I I think we've seen Drew Alder play really well. I've also think uh, we've seen him look like a really young quarterback. That defense has been pretty good. I still think that people have a question about the interior of that defensive line. We'll find out down the line uh, for a team like Ohio State. Certainly a lot of talent, like the skill, quarterback. It's going to be a question. It looks like they're trying to protect him with scheme right now. Can they let it loose, and when will that happen? Defensively, they haven't been tested. We don't know what's on that side of the ball. I mean, you could do this for just about everybody in the conference right now. I think a lot of questions, but a lot of things to like about it. And ultimately, with a, a feel, at least early on, of parity in the sport, uh, a lot of competition, fun results for us. Yeah, a- absolutely. And that's really all you can ask for from a college football season, uh, you know, aside from your own team that you root for uh, winning it all, um, is is having good games to to enjoy and watch. And one of those games will be coming up on Saturday night at 7.30 on NBC. Uh, first of all, are you going to be in South Bend? Yes, currently in South Bend. Oh, okay. You're already there. Perfect. As you start to look at this matchup, it seems like Ohio State started to get some things figured out maybe in the middle of the second quarter at the beginning of the second quarter last week against Western Kentucky and admittedly not the same type of competition that they're going to face on Saturday night. But from that point and moving forward and everything we've heard from the team and the coaches and the players following, it seems like there's a little bit more confidence with this team than there were in the first couple weeks. And maybe that is because they started to find some things to fall into place uh, as they move forward on both sides of the ball. But as you go into a big marquee primetime matchup like this, how important is that confidence? How important is it to go in feeling like you can do your job, the guys next to you can do your job, and the coaches can do their job as well, especially after you've had a couple clunky games in the first two weeks of the season? Confidence is key, right? And it's specifically for a team where, uh, you know, quarterback questions and um, some youth on the offensive line. I think you want to see them get better week by week. And that's exactly what they've done so far this year. So uh, I think for them, a lot to look at and say that's positive. I also think they've got to get better this week, um, you know, against a team like Notre Dame, which is going to be a challenge. 
offensive line, you know, they look like they're getting better, but they're going to face a defensive line like they haven't seen this year yet. Uh, secondary that they're going to face, I mean, big question mark uh, about can they have those explosive plays that they've leaned on the last couple of weeks consistently because Notre Dame's got a really good secondary, uh, so on and so forth. So um, I, what I like is the idea that this team has gotten better week by week and it seems like they can take another step this week right if you're an Ohio State fan that feels good the fact that the defense has played pretty well even though it hasn't been good competition they've made them look like the competition that they should steamroll that's a good thing uh, but ultimately Notre Dame very talented football team extremely well coached and I mean sometimes you go out there in the first quarter and you see guys moving a lot faster than you've seen the last few weeks a little bit shell shocked they're gonna have to be able to weather the storm through that too when you look at this game, like you said, both talented teams that both have some questions on on either side of the ball. If, let's say, Ohio State is to win this game handily, what is the one thing that has to happen on either offense or defense for them to kind of make this game a no-doubter in their favor? I mean, taking the football away, right? Getting as many possessions as you can back for your offense is always a, a recipe to – put up more points and, and Ohio State scored on defense a couple times a week ago. I think if that's the the game plan, it helps you out. Um, the other part about it is I, I start to look at the running back room and I see weapons there. And I think if the ground game becomes established, you put Notre Dame in a real bind because then it's a little bit harder to start double teaming Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Buka. You, you can't devote those resources to the pass game or else they're just going to run it on you. So I think establishing that run game early on, maybe hitting some explosives, uh, really changes the way that Notre Dame has to defend. I think that's an easy way to build an advantage in this game as well. On the other side, if the Irish end up making this game something close to a blowout, what do they have to do to kind of put some distance between them and the Buckeyes? I think explosives, explosive passing game. It's, it's been where they've thrived. Uh, Sam Hartman, uh, just veteran guy spinning the rock. They got to be explosive in that regard. Um, and I think if they can do that, it, it becomes a challenge because if their defense plays well, the way that they have through the first four games for them this year, um, Ohio State's not going to be able to match points, right? And I, I think that's where their advantage is. They, they have had scoring drives that are, you know, one, two or three plays long where they've hit a 75, 80-yard play. If they can do that, it becomes a very different game. Moving back to red corner, blue corner, you said you've not only known Jake Butt for a long time, but you guys are friends. As Ohio State fans, uh, I think most of us just know him from his playing career and maybe seen him a little bit on on BTN so far this season. He has done an Ohio State game. What is something about him that, whether it's Buckeye fans or just Big Ten fans that haven't gotten to know him yet, what is something about him that you think really makes his part of being uh, included in this show special and will be exciting for viewers. He's a deep thinker, first and foremost, and I think that's important. The, the second part about it that really impresses me with him is he is a guy who's, who is not afraid to say that he was wrong at one point or another. Right. Like you get a lot of guys and they give takes 
and they want to dig in on their take for a full season, even though they have more information and even though things have changed. And I think that genuine, honest nature that he has really resonates with a lot of people. So for me, um, I love working with the guy. I think he's an absolute pleasure, a true star that's rising right now. So uh, this is going to be a really good show, really good show. A lot of interactivity, uh, a lot of topics we're going to cover. We're going to spar back and forth. We're also going to, um, you know, address some of the things maybe where we were wrong in the past. So it's going to be awesome. And like you said, it's going to be an interactive show. People can watch and follow along on Stadium's YouTube channel or through the Bailey Live app, as well as they can watch on a, a ton of other streaming platforms and, and smart TVs and stuff like that. As you launch this new show, as you move forward, how are you hoping that this show is maybe different than anything else covering college football? Obviously, it's focusing on the Big Ten, and, and there's not a, a ton of folks doing that outside of the B, uh, outside of the Big Ten network. But with two players, two former players, and two fairly recent former players being at the head of this show, what are you hoping to provide audiences that maybe they can't get somewhere else? Youth, um, interactivity, <laughs> you know, just a fun-natured show. Right. Like I think a lot of these sports shows, it's like super buttoned up and it's like, like, you know, guys trying to tell you what to think. It's like, I don't know if we want to tell you what to think. I think we just want to provide our perspective and see if it resonates with you. Um, the other part about it is like, we're not going to force takes and we're not going to force controversy. If there is a topic that we can lean into and it's buzzing for us, certainly we're going to do that. But this idea that it has to be an argument. So it's not always going to be that. I think it will just be a, a discussion uh, where maybe, you know, we have opposing viewpoints, but it, it doesn't have to be crazy, right? And so um, I think for us, we understand where a lot of people are in their consumption because we grew up as a, you know, uh, a generation that consumed media. Um, and so I think we can use that expertise as well to really provide content that people will like. We'll wrap it up here with a couple, a couple final questions, Joshua. But looking at Ohio State's linebackers, a spot that you know very, very well, they have two guys that have so far this season and even going back into last season have been pretty great in Steel Chambers and obviously Tommy Eichenberg as well. They've also got a veteran in Cody Simon that comes off the bench and the prospect of C.J. Hicks potentially getting into that rotation down the road as well. But this is a much different defensive scheme than you played in when you were in Columbus. So as you look at who the guys are in the linebacker room now, what do you see that they do well? And maybe if there is anything, something that they need to improve, not necessarily for the Western Kentucky's Youngstown States and Indiana's, but hopefully either Notre Dame and Penn State and Michigan and then potentially into the college football playoff as well. Yeah, I mean, super smart group, a uh, group of guys that plays extremely hard, which I think is like bare minimum to be a linebacker. I love the physicality. Um, I love the attacking nature. And then they have the freedom to be like that in this defense. And defense I played in at Ohio State, we ended up being really good. But a lot of our thought process was we're going to be patient until the play declares and then we're going to get after them. And there's not a lot of, hey, let's be patient until it declares. It's like, let's attack them from um, the snap. And, and so I think it really fits these guys. Um, they've done plenty well, right? I think these guys can get off of blocks well. I think they get in pursuit well. They look good in coverage up to this point. The biggest challenge in a defense like this is those opportunities where they do have to play man-to-man coverage. And Jim Knowles is going to, you know, get back to some of that maybe a little bit more regularly in big matchups or um, down in distances where he feels like he has to have it. 
And it's always a challenge for a linebacker because that's the player that the offense is trying to create a mismatch with, right? Like, let's line somebody up, do something, a pick, um, a motion, an exchange, whatever the case is, to get a better athlete on a linebacker. Those guys are going to have to handle that. But um, ultimately, I like a defense where you have experience at linebacker, um, particularly when you have veteran leadership at linebacker. Those guys have it, and so I think it sets up well for them. I assume that since you're in South Bend, you will be making a pick for the game in the pregame show on NBC. So I won't ask you to spoil that now, although you are welcome to if you would like to. But looking at this game, I think most of the eyes of the college football world will be on it. What do you think is the one key for Ohio State to survive South Bend? I asked earlier if they were going to blow them out, but a one-point win is probably just as good for that team as a 30-point win. So what is the one thing that they have to do to make sure that they are able to leave Indiana still undefeated? I make the argument that a one-point win would go further for this team than a 30-point win. Like I, I think I think the idea of grinding it out against a really good team is like a huge confidence boost instead of a blowout because then maybe you feel like your opponent was maybe a little bit fraudulent. You can't take as much away. Um the idea for me is the defense, the defense, the defense. I think they have to play really well. They're untested up to this point, but if they can limit what Notre Dame does offensively, Tom McCord is going to have all the opportunities. Trevion Henderson is going to have an opportunity to break a big one. Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to have an opportunity to beat somebody in coverage. Kate Stover is going to have an opportunity to catch one underneath and then, you know, take it 30 yards, right? Like all these things become an opportunity when the offense has a chance at it. But how do you do that? Defense. Got to get stops. Got to get, uh, you know, flip the field, give your offense a chance to, to go down and, and do something really good there. So I think that's going to be the key. And I think for Notre Dame, it's very similar too. these defenses are the biggest question mark for me coming into the game. And I think either one of them, uh, whichever one of them stands up is going to be the reason why that team would win the game. Well, Joshua, I appreciate your insight. I've, I've loved kind of following your career in media as it has not only grown, but just kind of like exploded and you are quickly becoming one of the best college football analysts out there today. So love following along, love chatting with you, and we'll be looking forward to watching Red Corner, Blue Corner when it premieres on Monday. And it's running through the entire college football season. So looking forward to a lot of spirited debate with Jake Butt. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Land Grant In Conversation. Also, thank you, as always, to Joshua Perry. Don't forget to check out the premiere of Red Corner, Blue Corner, this Monday at 2 p.m. on Stadium. And if you have found this episode on our website, won't you please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are giving you one, two, three different podcast episodes every single day throughout the season with voices and focuses that you won't hear anywhere else in the Buckeye podcasting universe. Also, we would love for you to give us a five-star rating and review if you are enjoying the unique and varied content that we bring you every single day. You can follow me on social media at BWWMatt. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LandGrantPods. You can follow the site at LandGrant33. All right, with all of that out of the way, thanks again for listening. We will talk to you soon, and as always, go Bucks.